Hello there, Misketeers. Welcome back to Missing Out Mondays, where we tell you what we're into. Start your week off right. I'm Tari J. Hi, I'm Lex Michael. So, I'm into... TBS is wrecked. Um, I just started watching the third season again. I, I binged the first two seasons a while ago, forgot that the show existed, saw a commercial, and was like, yo... I need to get back on this. If you're unfamiliar with the premise, um, it's kind of like it's it's like if Lost was a comedy. So a, sh- a, a ship gets wrecked, and they play with all the tropes of people being wrecked on an island. Um, it's a fun uh, cast. Um, what is his, what's his name? He, uh, he's friends with Taika Waititi, and he's Jemaine Reese, Clement, Reese Darby. Oh, Reese Darby. Um, Reese Darby is uh, one of the stars of it, and he's great. Um, Ed Jermaine Clement makes a, a short cameo, which is nice, um, I assume, because he's friends with Reese Darby. Um, but yeah, it's super funny. The the cast dynamic, I think I've already mentioned, is amazing. Um, and it like keeps moving to the point where it like never gets old. Like they're never recycling the same jokes and they're able to, since it's a plane crash thing, they're able to introduce new characters. They're like, Oh, we just crashed on the other side of the Island, which is allows them to keep it fresh, which is cool. Um, I really like this show. I hope you guys can check it out. It's on TBS, but it's also like, I think it's streaming somewhere as well, or you can go to the TBS app. Cause that's, that's what TBS likes to do. Um, Lex, what are you into? Uh, first of all, I was into your enthusiasm just there. Thanks. You seem genuinely happy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I like things. Yeah. It's yeah. nice to see. Good. We could all we could all stand to like more things. You know, like I there are plenty of things in my world that I like. There are places. There are people. I have loved ones. But you know what, Tari J? Today, I don't give a shit about any of it. <laughs> all I give a shit about is that this past weekend at San Diego Comic Con. Marvel Studios announced their slate of Phase Four content, and Tari J, we need to talk about it. Okay. Uh, were you were you keeping up with the updates in real time? Not in real time. I've only seen the the f- big poster of like what they're planning on doing. Oh, the big uh, flow yeah, chart yeah. looking thing. Yeah, I feel like. I like to wait until the Monday after where people are like wrapping up the biggest announcements Um, because that is more uh, sustainable for me as opposed to like being like, oh, yeah, I mean, the the Hall H panel's going on. Someone's live tweeting. Oh, boy, they just said that, I don't know, Kevin Feige's eating eating pudding. (laughs) (laughs) That was that was my favorite update from the day. Right. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot going on in it because I like that the phase four includes the like Disney plus stuff. Yeah. So they announced 10 projects and real quickly, we'll break down what these projects are, but they announced 10 projects that make up phase four and five of them are Disney plus series, which will be six ish episodes a piece, I believe. Yeah. So, okay. What do we announce? Right. Uh, they announced formally. And a lot of this stuff was stuff that we had heard was in the pipeline and we're just getting official announcements today for the first time. But yeah. they uh, officially announced Eternals, which is a property from the books that I cannot claim to be super familiar with. My vague understanding is that they're Marvel's answer to DC's New Gods. Okay. They play in that type of realm. Yeah. Uh, 
but the cast of this thing is absolutely stellar. You've got uh, Angelina Jolie, you've got Richard Madden, you've got Kumail Nanjiani, you've got a ton of super recognizable, super likable people mm-hmm. that are coming together to tell uh, what I would assume is now a very different kind of story for Marvel Studios. But I think audiences have shown time and time again, they're willing to now follow Marvel to the ends of the earth. Speaking of which, first thing that they announced when they took the stage at Hall H was that uh, as of this past weekend, Avengers Endgame is the highest grossing motion picture of all time, having surpassed Avatar's record, if you're super jazzed about that kind of thing. Uh, And also one of the next things they announced, we knew it was in the pipeline, was their Shang-Chi movie. They announced that uh, Simu Liu, I'm probably butchering the pronunciation, uh, is going to be playing Shang-Chi, and that the full title of the movie was going to be Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Ten Rings, of course, means the Mandarin. Now, the Mandarin... uh, obviously very predominantly featured in the comics as an Iron Man villain. Iron Man 3 subverted the characterization of the Mandarin. Right. Turned out to be uh, Ben Kingsley on a whole bunch of drugs. And a lot of people had a lot of different feelings about it. I am a big champion of Iron Man 3, but I can also understand if people went into that movie wanting something specific, feeling like they didn't get that thing, I get feeling a little bit disappointed. They did a short called Hail to the King or All Hail the King, one or the other, with Ben Kingsley's character that's on the Thor the Dark World disc, I believe. Mm -hmm. And they set up the idea that there is actually a Mandarin out there who uh, Aldrich Killian was cribbing from and was, was, you know, stolen his name. And the real Mandarin is not happy about it. The Mandarin will be the villain of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings and will be played by an actor named Tony Leung. And this is incredibly exciting. This, Tony Leung is a fan fantastic actor who a lot of people may know from his collaborations with Wong Kar Wai. He was in uh, Chunking Express. He was in Happy Together, In the Mood for Love. Uh, he's also in Infernal Affairs. So g- getting to see him in a in a role like this, in a massive budget comic book movie as a supervillain, no less, has me super hyped. Yeah. No pun intended. <laughs> uh, also, Aquafina's in this movie, and she's everywhere now, and there's a reason for it. She's great. Uh, so Shang-Chi, right? And we don't know too much. They're not, uh, Marvel Studios is notoriously incredibly tight-lipped about just about everything. Yeah. So we don't know too much more about any of these projects other than the names, who's in them, and when they're coming out. Uh, but they did announce uh, a lot of their, their streaming content, right? You've got Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. And they confirmed that Daniel Bro will be coming back as Zemo. And apparently in the footage they screened, They showed us that Zemo has the fucking purple mask from the comics, which I'm a simple creature. I don't need too many things in this life. But one thing I know I need is Daniel Brühl and the purple (laughs) Zemo mask. Uh, they announced uh, WandaVision, formal, formally announced WandaVision, which is yeah. going to be another Disney Plus series starring Scarlet Witch and Vision, set after the events of Endgame. And I'm not really sure how it's going to play out. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen has given interviews where she said it's going to have a bit of a 50s aesthetic. So I could see them playing with the—there the, the, was a recent— Vision miniseries, uh, which is fantastic. And it's a very dark story about him uh, having an android family living in the suburbs. And things things take really horrifyingly bleak turns. Okay. Uh, I could imagine them cribbing from that a little bit. I could imagine Wanda creating some sort of artificial reality or falling into one where she gets to continue to be with Vision. That show will allegedly lead directly into one of the announced projects that I am 
the most excited about, which is the sequel to Doctor Strange, which will be titled as wonderful. It's a wonderful time to be alive. Mm-hmm. It's going to be titled Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness and will co-star Scarlet Witch. And director Scott Derrickson has described it as being Marvel's first true horror movie. So oh. they're actually going to take a real big swing in that direction, it sounds like. And I'm, all you need to get my money, let's be honest, all you need to get my money is be like, Marvel Studios made this. But if you want more of my money, give your shit a title like Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Right. Uh, they formally announced their Loki series, which we knew was in production. And it's going to follow the version of Loki who escaped with the Tesseract uh, during the events of Avengers Endgame. Yeah. So you've got a version of the character who's, uh, you know, circa 2012, the, the Avengers version of Loki. Right. Who has not gone through all of the changes that the following movies put him through. But it mm-hmm. sounds like it's going to be a story of him hopping around time, I guess, using the Tesseract and getting into scrapes and adventures and shit. And hopefully learning a little bit about himself along the way as one should they announced uh, an animated what if series which is ex- super exciting because it's got uh, jeffrey wright as the voice of the watcher if that name doesn't ring a bell google it you know this dude tremendous at uh, westworld right? yeah people know him from, westworld yeah people know him from westworld uh, and a bunch of other he's felix Leiter in the daniel craig bond movies uh, tremendous tremendous actor yeah and he's going to be the voice of the watcher and it's also going to feature almost every major cast member in the marvel cinematic universe reprising their roles in a vocal capacity to tell what-if stories. So what-if stories, think like DC's Elseworlds. Think yeah. like, uh, what if Loki had been able to pick up Thor's hammer? What if uh, Peggy Carter became Captain America, which I yeah. think is one of the the first stories they're going to try and tackle. Animated show, uh, so they get to... Basically, you can have your actor, doesn't, not even as schedule-dependent as a lot of the other projects, because you could have your actor record their lines into their phone while they're on another set, <laughs> and you can continue to tell stories with these actors, these characters, forever. Right. Like, cartoon characters do not age. They don't get older. They can do all of their own stunts forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also announced a Hawkeye series, which had been rumored for a little while. It sounds like they are going to dig into some of Clint Barton's time as Ronan. Yeah. So some of it, I guess, will be set during the snap, but it's going to introduce Kate Bishop into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it's going to be based uh, primarily, it seems, on the truly, truly fantastic Matt Fraction, uh, Chip Zdarsky run of Hawkeye, Yeah, uh, as indicated by the title treatment for the show, which is the exact same title treatment from that run of comics. Nice. So where are we at? That's one, two, three, four, five things. Yes, so uh, the other thing, the two, of course... We formally announced the Black Widow movie, which was filming, right? This was not, a, it was not a secret that there's a Black Widow movie coming. Yeah. Uh, they announced the cast of that movie as well, which includes David Harbour and Rachel Weiss. And I'm pretty sure, pretty sure, I don't have inside knowledge, but I'm pretty sure that Rachel Weiss is going to be playing the villain of this piece mm-hmm. because they've been so tight-lipped about her character. Right. And it seems very much like the villain of the movie is going to be Taskmaster, which I think is pretty exciting. Oh, nice. Um, and it's going to be set apparently uh, largely following the events of Civil War when Natasha is on the run with some of the other Avengers and it's going to deal more with her backstory and the world of assassins in the Black Widow program. So we'll be able to do a story that's not an interquel, I guess you could call it, Mm -hmm. but where you could actually really give Natasha an origin story of sorts without being a slave to that format. Right. So I'm looking forward to that. They showed some footage and apparently it's very Bourne-esque. Okay. Which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, But all right. They announced their entire phase four slate, right? And it looks like based on the chart, their phase four ender is going to be 
another Taika Waititi Thor, which mm-hmm. was exciting enough. You know, and the news broke last week that Taika Waititi was going to come back for another Thor. And of course, after Avengers Endgame, Thor's still around. Yeah. But it's, it was very unclear as to whether or not he'd be getting any more solo adventures. Yeah. Seems, you know, Chris Hemsworth was very, very public about how excited he was that he and Taika Waititi were able to actually unlock this character. They were able to take him in so many new, interesting directions. You certainly don't get to uh, your bro Thor in Endgame without the groundwork that they laid in that movie. So him coming back to play in that sandbox is great news to begin with. Yeah. And then then they drop some other juicy, juicy, juicy nuggets on us. For example... The movie's going to be called Thor, Love, and Thunder, yeah. which is a dope, that's like that's a heavy metal title, if ever there was one. Right. And much like Thor Ragnarok, you've got a very heavy metal title treatment. Mm-hmm. So that is exciting. But what I find even more exciting than that is in addition to the returning Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie, who, uh, as we remember, is now Queen of Asgard, or uh, as Tessa Thompson puts it, she's king and she's looking for her queen. Right. Which is also super exciting. Yeah. They got Natalie Portman to come back. (laughs) Like, no, but not for nothing, you know? Like, after Thor The Dark World, it seemed like... It seemed like the experience had very much soured her on the entire process. Now, of course, Kevin Feige's been in charge of the ship from the beginning, but there were some internal shakeups. And, you know, after... uh, I think after Civil War, they weren't beholden to the Marvel Creative Committee. They were able to shuffle things around, and they were able to approach their material in a slightly different way. And... More recently, Natalie Portman has, of course, been asked about it because these movies are the biggest things in the world. And she said, well, you know, under the right circumstances, I would I would definitely consider coming back. Yeah. So I guess the right circumstances are Taika Waititi goes to her and says, hey, how would you like to be Lady Thor? Because apparently that is what they're doing. They're going to pull from the, the relatively recent Jason Aaron run of comics. Yeah. And Jane Foster will pick up Mjolnir and become Lady Thor. That's bonkers exciting to me yeah and we're at a point now too where for the longest time in comic book movies we were adapting classic material stuff from decades ago and now the comics and the the movies and the tv stuff they've all essentially caught up with each other yeah and so we're adapting stories that are within the last decade if not more recent than that uh supergirl at the end of season four they teased leviathan and Leviathan, versions of Leviathan have existed in DC Comics before. Like Talia Al Ghul is very affiliated with that group. Yeah. But like Leviathan is something that's happening in Superman comics right now. Mm-hmm. Like action comics right now. So point being, this this is all merging. It's all blending together. This right. streaming comes. It's all going to be one big thing that's going to get beamed into a chip in our heads. Uh, but, but that's great. Mostly because like... We've been waiting for the TV verse to meld with the movie verse, and now we can have that. Right. For well, the most part. You know, when, when Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. started and when the Marvel Netflix shows first started, yeah. they were very, very, very big on it's all connected. And very quickly you came to realize, well, it's not. And, and I think that has a lot to do with the fact that it seems like Marvel Studios and Marvel Television, which are two totally separate branches, yeah. don't play all that nice with each other right and now it seems like the marvel netflix stuff not mcu canon at all agents of shield not really mcu canon at all the one exception thus far is agent carter which had uh, more of the film people involved and we only know for sure that it's canon because uh, uh, jarvis pops up in the 70s in, in endgame so 
all of this is super cool. Um, Kevin Feige talked about, obviously, there are things that are definitely coming that weren't part of this announcement. Uh, James Gunn is coming back for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, but he's doing Suicide Squad first. Right. So they don't necessarily have a ton to report there. They confirmed Black Panther 2 is coming. Ryan Coogler's coming back. Captain Marvel 2 is coming. Uh, a couple others. But then, of course, he said... Uh, you know, we've got Fantastic Four now, so there is going to be Fantastic Four in the future. Mutants, we're, fi- we're going to figure out a way to integrate mutants into this uh, universe because now we can play with the X-Men. Mm-hmm. And then he threw something else in. Almost, almost, uh, it felt almost in passing. And the whole day, I was like, all right, we know so many things are either currently in production or have been casting, so I imagine they're just going to confirm a lot that we already know today. Yeah. Is there going to be a big curveball anywhere in this is there anything that's going to make me go oh, what oh shit okay and and i mean like an overall project not just like i had that reaction to them bringing natalie portman back right and i did have that reaction to what what we learned about the doctor strange sequel but i'm talking something so out of left field something that i had no no clue at all was coming something that they'd never hinted at they'd kept it completely quiet until this weekend yeah and it's that, oh, oh, yeah, by the way, Mahershala Ali is Blade now. <laughs> and they didn't make clear, I don't believe they made clear whether it's going to be a Disney Plus project or a feature film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously now Disney Plus, it's all Marvel Studios content. Like right. That has nothing to do with Marvel television at all. It will all be very, very canon. But the fact that, that it just didn't occur to me that they were going to be doing something new with Blade this soon. Right. Because Blade is... He doesn't have to be, but Blade feels like an R-rated character to me. Blade feels like a character that would fit very well with the tone of the Marvel Netflix stuff. Yeah. Blood, swearing, etc. Yeah. So I'm real curious to see how they integrate the character of Blade into the tone of the Marvel Cinematic Universe as it currently exists. And to have Mahershala Ali playing Blade. Yeah. That's I don't know about you, man. I find that wildly exciting. That dude is not fundamentally capable of giving a bad performance. <laughs> um, I'm interested. Like, I yes, I know that he will play like all the emotional aspects of Blade. I wonder how he's if he's gonna get pumped up for the like stunts and stuff like that. Um, I wonder how much of that because like Wesley Snipes is a trained martial artist. Yes, so. His whole thing with Blade was like, I'm going to be a, a punchy, fighty, kicky dude. Um, whereas, like, that doesn't necessarily have to be who Blade is. Like, he has a bunch of gadgets and can just be uh, shooting people. Well, so I wonder. get all bitey if he wants to. Right. So I wonder how they're going to lean on that. And not for nothing, it's nice to see that they are going to be playing with Blade insofar as, on top of everything else, the the original West, Wesley Snipes starring Blade movie does not, in my opinion, get the credit it is due for all of the big comic book movies that have come since. Blade yeah. predates X-Men. Blade predates Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Blade was a, almost like a, a testing the waters again after... Now, granted, there are a lot of people who say Batman and Robin killed the comic book whatever for a while definitely hobbled the Batman franchise but I think Blade was the year after and that that's where that began right because I don't think you get to X-Men without Blade I don't think you necessarily get to that version of Spider-Man without Blade and without those movies you sure as shit don't get to where we are now whether or not they are all directly connected to each other 
or not. So I love that they're now taking that character, they're playing with it, and far, far sooner than I ever expected they would. I Honestly, I felt like we had a decent shot at getting Moon Knight before we got Blade again. Yeah. But I'm I'm excited, man. And again, Mahershala Ali is one of the best doing it right now. And yeah. apparently what happened was he had just won the Academy Award for Green Book, and he called Marvel. And they're like, hello, hello, Mr. Mahershala Ali, uh, Academy Award winning person. Yeah. What can we do for you? And he said, I want to, I want to be Blade. <laughs> and they're like, all right, that's, that's actually, it's a pretty good idea. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh man. Um, all right. So anything else before we wrap up? Uh, I'm fucking hyped, man. <laughs> good. As you should be. I'm not for not Seriously. I really thought after Endgame, I was not done watching these, not done enjoying them, but done with that level of investment. Right. I'm not 100% certain. There's a chance I was mistaken. <laughs> um, there's a there's a decent chance. What I do think is interesting, too, is they didn't insinuate that this was all, like phase four was going to be building towards one big thing like an infinity war or even an avengers right so it'll be interesting to see in what ways they tie all of these properties together and in what ways they escalate and in what ways they decide we are going to build in this direction versus we're not going to build in this direction yeah but what i think cannot be denied based on everything that they showed this past weekend we got through the Infinity War. We got through Endgame. We literally own the world now. Highest grossing movie ever. There's nobody policing us, essentially. So we're just going to take really big, weird swings. Yeah. And that's that's what that's what they need, and that's what you hope for. You hope, even if, you know, even if sometimes it's similar story structures, different clothes on, I don't think it can be denied that they are constantly willing to try to shake things up, to try things that are weird. And I also don't think it can be denied that the audience has shown time and time again that they're now willing to follow Marvel and Kevin Feige anywhere. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. And it's, yeah, it's the next, what? I think it's the next, it's 10 projects and it's yeah, only a couple of years. Two years. Yeah. yeah, that's only two years. Now, granted, it's five films, five streaming series, but yeah. that's what? If all of these movies are a tight two hours, that's what? That's a... Uh, uh, it's five like, of this, so it's t- t- about 10 hours of, of features. Yeah. And then what, six to, and like 30 hours of streaming series on top of that. Yeah. In two years. That's bonkers. They it's own us a lot. all. They own us all. <laughs> and then the year after that, I would imagine, is when we get Guardians. And, and within the next year, we'll find out more about the sequels to Black Panther, Captain Marvel, Spider Man, presumably. Yeah, of course. Et cetera. Um, so guys, what are you into? Uh, are you super pumped for stuff coming out of Comic-Con? Are you watching Wrecked? Uh, let us know by hitting us up on Twitter at MissingOutcast, M-I-S-S-I-N-G-O-U-T-C-A-S-T, or our personal Twitters. Lex, where can they find you? I'm on Twitter and Instagram at TheLexMichael. And I'm at Tari J, T-A-U-R-I-J-A-Y. Tomorrow we're going to be talking about the hit anime series Fooly Cooly, F-C- or FLCL, um, that originally aired on Adult swim so come check it out uh we'll see you tomorrow until then bye